Boom, boom, pow. Bum, bum, dee, dum, bum, bum, dee, dum, bum. Okay, so first question of the night or Thursday, Thursday is what is one adventure or one trip that you're going to plan after this super long quarantine? Well, my dear, I have been thinking about this question and believe it or not, I have an answer. (laughs) I'm so glad you have an answer. And I don't really know how it would work, but my goal is to find some people to drive just some strangers, no, to find some people to drive cross, cross country with. Um, and I would probably plan on doing uh, an easy part of the adventure because I'm a newly licensed driver as oh, wow. of last summer. Um, <laughs> so I would like to practice my driving skills and find some cool folk to go on this journey with me. And I'll limit it to, like, three strangers. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. Just three strangers, road, cross-country road trip. Perfect. Can I ask you, can I ask you what your answer is to the same question? Yeah. Um, My dream adventure after this is to go to San Francisco, which is your hometown, your lovely San Francisco hometown. Um, Oh, yeah. You know it. (laughs) And I want to bring Gabby. And actually, speaking of Gabby, she is our guest tonight. And I'm so happy to have her on this Thirsty Thursday podcast. And we have some very interesting topics to talk about. And to give a very brief introduction, she is my one of my best friends from college. And we were actually family friends, but then became close friends through uh, school and classes our senior year. And it's just so interesting how you can meet people later in life and later in college years. And I'm very happy that we met and we became um, such good friends. We have so much in common and I'm super happy to have her on tonight. She is an amazing person, super successful, go-getter. I'm excited to see what she accomplishes. She's a research, research associate to the military fellows at the Council of Foreign Relations in New York City. And I'm so honored to introduce her tonight. Hello, Gabby. How are you? Ow, ow. Thanks for having me, ladies. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here on the Herbal Honesty. I've been a follower of your podcast, and I am just so happy to be here. Thanks for the lovely introduction, Kat. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, from the bottom of our hearts. Of course. You, you guys are really speaking some facts and speaking some truth and lots of positivity. So I think we all need that right now too. I appreciate it. We we yeah. love your we love your love. We yes. love it. Uh, you know we're spilling the positivity. Haha, <laughs> get it. Um, but anyway, so my first question to you is: What is the topic that's been on your mind? What have you been thinking about? Because I know we are brainstorming a few ideas to talk about. So what is it that you would like to share with the listeners tonight that you think is important to you? Yeah, thanks. So um, today, I hope on nationality. Um, Ooh, and just talk a little bit, talk about the concept of nationality and how um, it kind of varies from person to person and how they interpret what that means um 
And just to give a little bit of background, um, my mom is from Poland and my dad is from Argentina and they met in New York City. And I was born in the United States, but also have lived in various places throughout my life so far and hope to keep moving to different places. So I think that through that experience, I've kind of built this unique concept of what nationality really means to me. So I hope we can chat about that. Where were you born, by the way, if I can ask you? Where in the United States? In Jersey, actually. I'm a Jersey girl. Oh, she's a Jersey girl for all the Jersey yeah. girls out there. You got a Jersey girl here, on here tonight. Mm-hmm. Woo woo! Jersey girl. I have a. All right. I, I have a. And oh, yep. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead cool. Yep. <laughs> I have a. I have a follow-up question to that beautiful introduction, Gabby. What? Where? uh feels the most like home tough question um so I lived in Jersey for like eight years and then when I was nine and ten we moved to Argentina to Buenos Aires Mm -hmm. because my dad was just like all right um I kind of want to show my family where I came from and that makes sense to them yeah right I think that was kind of a way of him imparting his um idea of nationality upon us too he was like I can only really have you understand me by showing you where I grew up Mm. so we got to live there for two years it was a great experience um it was kind of funny uh the kids at school called me the American girl they made me recite the songs from high school musical because I could sing them without an accent and they thought that was (laughs) insane Uh, So that was pretty cool. And then we moved back to the United States. I moved to Vermont, actually, VT Reppin. Um, And it was kind of funny because in Vermont, kids were like, okay, why does this girl speak Spanish better than English? But like, what's going on here? So it was kind of interesting because I was like, yeah, I'm American, but I also feel Argentinian, right? Mm. And then throughout all of the summers in my life, we would live in Poland because that's where my mom's from. And so my mom really wanted us to, um, we learned Polish as our first languages, my brother and I. And so I felt really Polish. I mean, my license plate is Polska, which means Poland yeah. and Polish. So like people know I'm Polish. Um, so it's funny. I, I feel at home in all of these places, which I think is really cool. Um, but it also makes it a little tricky, you know, sometimes falling into a little identity crisis, but I don't think that I need to choose a place. I love that. It's interesting. I also think, I mean, just from hearing you say that, you know, not one place is home. Like you've lived in Argentina. You've had your experience living in Poland for many summers, living in Vermont even. And so I think that this kind of lends itself to the idea that nationality may or may not be a construct. So what's your opinion on that? Yeah, so... Um, I mean, traditionally, nationality is based on borders, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's kind of a controllable and tangible way to talk about uh, a nation. Mm -hmm. But actually, um, if you go up into space, and you look down at the world, you don't see any borders dividing our land. And it's actually interesting right now, during this (laughs) pandemic, we actually see that no borders exist for pandemics either. You know, you don't see them stopping at the borders and saying, oh, can I come in? I got my passport. So I think that it it is kind of a construct. And 
I also think that it's something that ties people together. But um, as our globe develops, we globalize, we um, are on a path to hyper-connectivity. How will we really be able to continue to control the meaning of nationality? It's a very interesting concept. And it's just, I love when you talk about the idea of borders, because really borders are just invisible lines that have been drawn by people. We we did that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We did that. I have a... Yeah, I have that. a question. I know from our previous discussions, you've mentioned that your dad is actually not Argentinian, that he's actually from Ukraine. Is that is that correct? Well, by blood, he's Ukrainian. So his uh, mom and dad are Ukrainian. And I'm wondering, yeah. does he, I'm curious about any type of identity crisis he's expressed to you at all. Like, does he feel more closely connected to his Ukrainian roots or his Argentinian upbringing? Um, well, and also, like, he has been in the United States since he's been 20 oh, years wow. old. Okay, so he also, yeah. So you also throw, like, his American, um, the feeling he has towards the United States, too, where he was able to start his own business and, um, like, create a family here. So he definitely has ties to um, the United States and Argentina and also, I guess, by, by blood, uh, Ukraine. So I think we've all kind of in, in my family have felt kind of a, a little bit of an identity crisis from time to time. But it's also um, something that makes us unique as a family and really strengthens our bond. It's funny because when we go to restaurants, sometimes um, people like stop us in the middle of a conversation as we're having dinner. And they're like, I have to ask you, what language are you talking? <laughs> like, where are you from? Because in like in like a sentence we'll say something in spanish say something in polish then say something in english again and it's it's really fun wow huh do do, okay let me ask you a question so i've actually never Mm -hmm. asked this before um if we know we've known each other for a few years now okay so your mom is polish and your dad is argentinian Mm -hmm. if i'm correct and so does your mom speak spanish and does your dad speak polish then how does that work Yeah. So as Sammy mentioned, um, my dad has some Ukrainian roots and in his home, they would speak Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. So him and my mom can actually communicate. My dad would speak Ukrainian and my mom would speak Polish because they're very similar. So um, they would be able to communicate like that. And then when my mom moved to Argentina with all of us um, when I was eight or nine and 10 years old, then she learned Spanish and she actually picked it up. Like we were so proud of her. We were like, wow, she would go to the grocery store and she had like a little accent, of course, because like yeah. this Polish woman speaking Spanish in Argentina, especially they have a distinct kind of um, accent in Argentina. It's called Castellano. It's more, we like to say it's more proper Spanish, but mm-hmm. I don't know, that might stir some tension. <laughs> But um, it's so funny. She would go to the grocery stores and people were like, oh, it's the Polaka. Like, mm. it's the Polish lady. <laughs> but they loved her there. And they were so, like, warm. And they, they could tell that she was trying. And I think that that's really what counted. Like, yeah. it didn't matter if she kind of mispronounced something. Like, everybody was just so happy that she was making the effort to learn. Very Do you have a language mm-hmm. that feels the most comfortable for you of the three that you know? Um, so definitely English, of course, just because I definitely have spent 
most of my life in the United States. And then I would say um, I'm more comfortable speaking Spanish. Um, and I've actually done some translation work. Um, I worked for an immigration attorney. So I translated um, from Spanish to English and English to Spanish um, for some of our clients. And um, but then also Polish is just like the warm um, language to me. It just really feels like I just feel loved like when I hear Polish. I always get so excited when I hear people speaking Polish in New York City. I literally run up to them and I say like, oh, are you from mm -hmm. Poland? Like, how, why are you here? Because like there are so few people who speak Polish that I feel like it's so rare to find a Polish speaker. And that Polish I just love was your it. first language, right? <laughs> wow. Yes. That's yes, so interesting it that it's like it has this mm -hmm. kind of sentimental place and uh, an important kind of mark in your in your linguistic, uh, you know, world, but yet it's not like the one that one or the first or second that um, are kind of most natural for you. Yeah, totally. Um, also, because when I learned English, I learned it in school. And when I learned Spanish, I also learned it in school in Argentina. But when it came to Polish, like, it was more from my mom, from my grandma. And then there was one summer where I took a course for three months um, wow. in Poland where I learned how to read and write, but that was about it. And so it was really more just like from speaking to family and, and stuff like that. So there wasn't really a formal education in Polish Got it. for me. Let me ask you a question. So mm -hmm. when you were talking about your mom going to the grocery store in Argentina, the people were just so mm -hmm. happy that she was making an effort to speak the language, right? So that kind yeah. of makes me think about just like thinking about it in America. You know, it's just it's interesting because I think that we have such a different um I think as a society we just have a different approach to outsiders. So I think that that was just kind of an mm -hmm. interesting point that you made, how they were just so happy that she was even making an effort to speak the language. You know, I don't think I see yeah. like, that same appreciation if we're going to be brutally honest here in America, you know, for outsiders. But. Yeah, I think it depends on where you are. I think there are some places in the United States where you walk around and you barely hear a word of English, like in New York City, definitely. Yeah. That's the case sometimes. But then in other areas, it's less likely for you to hear people speaking a different language. And I mean, that's not bad or good you yeah. know it's just the way things are yeah. but I think that being open to different cultures different nationalities is definitely important if we're definitely. all in this together and trying to progress I totally agree and I also think that you know like we were saying before like we're in this together like this pandemic there's no you know in terms of borders there's no divide because we're all being impacted by this pandemic and I think that it's just important yeah. that we are all in this together and that, you know, people, nationalities and borders don't really matter. So just an interesting idea to apply to it now. And did, did either of you pick up on the full circle that just occurred where Kat said we're all in this together and Gabby previously mentioned High School Musical? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'll, I'll be here. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I love that. We got to get our head in the game too. Shout out Zach Efron. Yeah. Get your head in the game. Well, yeah. Gabby, um, given your various perspectives, I'm curious. Uh, we didn't really prepare for this one, so you're you're totally more than welcome to kind of say 
thank you next <laughs> but um uh, given your different perspectives i'm curious if you could name one two or three particularly influential figures to you in your opinion mm-hmm. that you find influential um well on the concept of nationality um i'll i'll give you one Spill influential person um so gary davis uh he is has unfortunately passed away but he was an international peace activist and he created um the world passport which is based on the interpretation of um an article of the united or the universal declaration of human rights um and it's kind of like this concept of um there really shouldn't be any borders because borders are a concept snaps for that um and so this organ Right. And so this organization he started called the World Service Authority, um, they issue these world passports to people. You can get one right now. If you go online, you can get a world passport and be a global citizen. They have issued five million so far. Um, And I think that this is just really important work because so there are 10 million stateless people in the world right now. Um, And so what this organization does is just... um, try to help these people um, on a path to, you know, citizenship and um, safety. It's it's a refugee program. And um, it's founded in three laws, basically. One spirit, one world, and one humankind. Mm-hmm. I love I that. I think that that's Preach. kind of truth yeah. right there, right? I love Pre- that. Preach it. Preach it from the right. rooftops. I just feel like... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you no I mean, I just love <laughs> what you just said, because I feel like, again, we're tying, you know, sort of full circle, circle again, is this the idea that we're all human and that we're all connected. And I just think that over and over again, we're just seeing the similar message, you know, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's hard to remember that, yeah. but that really is the bottom yeah. line, because there are so many things that you can pick on and say, oh, that person does that differently or that person does this differently. But ultimately, we're just trying to live our life, right? We're trying to survive. We're trying to provide for our families. We're trying to be happy. Yep. So I think that these are all common goals that us as the human species wants to put forward and and make into a 100%. reality. Yeah. Right? I'm curious. I'm That's curious when you think throughout your um, development, you became particularly focused on, or I don't know, maybe your whole life, but if there's been like a time or a period in your life where you felt particularly focused on better understanding the role that nationality and identity play and how your specific situation is really just like a very exciting point of view. And yeah, I, I don't know if that question totally made sense, but I can clarify. No, I think that was a, a great question. And I think it there wasn't one defining moment in particular, but just kind of these reoccurring moments where I would be the new girl in the classroom or I would be the new person that didn't speak the language. And then somebody would just like help me out out of the goodness of their heart and just kind of feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable and then realizing that I'm co- going into this new space with a group of people that don't know me, I don't know them, that are totally different than the space that I was in previously. But guess what? We've found something in common 
even though they couldn't really communicate with me, they still wanted me to sing High School Musical and have fun, yeah. right? We all just wanted to have a smile on our face together, right? That's that's what we were aiming for. And then it, it's just the reoccurring um, traveling, talking to different people. Um, when I was a freshman in college, I took advantage of Marist's freshman Florence experience program, which was amazing. Yes. And um, yeah, I was able to work at a bar with a group of people. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> with a group of people, there were three Ethiopian girls, two Albanian girls, one, uh, the owner was actually Polish, which was my oh. in, shout out Polska, uh, and then a bunch of Italians. And it was just such a diverse group, but we were all there together. We were all working together. And nobody did, did you all you Did you all from. turn up together? There was just a sense. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually, oh my gosh. During, now during this quarantine, I've been able to look back at some pictures and wow, let me tell I would you. love to, I oh. would love to be sent to the. <laughs> it was a crazy thing. Yeah. Okay, definitely will. <laughs> I, um, yeah. just to interject, I love hearing about your experience with Florence um, because I think that the FE, FFE program, which is the freshman Florence experience for those of you who don't know at Marist College where Gabby and I went to school together. I just like love hearing you talk about the freshman Florence experience because it's just amazing to me to think that such young kids would go to have the I just and I think it's amazing that you just had the courage to go out there into the world to Italy and live there for your freshman year Mm -hmm. of college like I just think that's such an amazing um you know experience and I I wonder the other thing the other question I had for you when you were talking about the freshman Florence experience and kind of feeling like and then you said before that you were talking about how you always felt like you were the new girl and you were entering new space. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering in college, after the freshman Florence experience, did you feel like that was kind of the first time that you were not the new girl? If you know what I mean? Like you were kind of just you after the that freshman year experience that you were kind of just not repeating that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well. I mean, we were, because as a group, there are 52 students that were in my freshman Florence experience group, and um, most of them did go back to Marist. So we did kind of have like a little friend group within the greater Marist Mm -hmm. community. But it was kind of intimidating because we came back as sophomores, having not met anybody from freshman year in Marist. So we were kind of the new kids on the block, Mm -hmm. actually. But it was fine. I mean, it's college. You're going to make friends. It's so it was good. And we also had like a solid foundation of those 52 kids that came back. I know you mentioned, I know you mentioned also a cool thing that happened was you, because you had that ability to work at the EU, given your, it's your Polish citizenship, right? So because you were able to work in in the bar and kind of be a little bit more integrated into Italian culture and society than maybe some of your fellow classmates that mm-hmm. you kind of created this um, American, you kind of represented the American study abroad student at this bar. And kind of, I think you've mentioned that you kind of swayed yeah. or, you know, altered the perceptions of the crazy American study abroad students doing all these weird things. And I'm wondering, if, <laughs> I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I did kind of feel like a little bit of an ambassador in a way where 
um, I got to <laughs> create this group of friends that were genuinely like the Italian people or people of Florence, you know, um, and they were just like, I don't know how you Americans do it. You come here, you're supposed to be studying, but you guys are just drinking yeah. all the time. And they were just like, they had so many questions for me. They were like, what are you guys? Like, how do you do this? Um, they were like, is school really that easy for you guys? And I was just like, listen, like, we like to have a good time, you know, but we're, we're also here for the cultural experience. You know, we got to get that pick with the Duomo and like see uh, the David, like, <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting because I mean, they kind of felt a little bit offended from time to time because they were like, you guys are just like here to party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, like that's we're the perceived. way that yeah. maybe in the American culture, in the American culture, I feel like we experience things through the yeah. party, you know? And so it was just kind of bridging that gap that um, was cool for me to see. You I know? love that. And also, do you think that your experience in Florence, for example, even as a, you know, a freshman student, do you think that experience kind of, I mean, they say that they kind of had this perception of the American um, study abroad student as kind of just this partier, but do you think that you kind of um, were able to learn different cultural norms and incorporate that into your own life? You know, like the way that they kind of look at partying or how they look at socializing? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I did my fair share. Yeah, Gabby. Sure. So so I I can't say that I was, like, the model uh, person. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, they kind of were caught off guard, too, because once they really got to know me, they were just like, hold on. Maybe we were making some stereotypical projections onto this this American girl and now that we're actually learning about her and her friends and realize that they have some depth like we actually feel a little bit bad for making that initial uh jump to conclusions you know and I think that that's goes both ways like we kind of it kind of also once um me and my friends met this group of people and we got to know them we were just like you know what maybe we should really uh make an effort to learn about the culture too you know and not just be here for the party you, you yeah. know what I'm saying so it was just a I'm great throwing in a little note that we ways. are approaching time all right well I, I'll okay. just ask you um yeah so yeah, do you have any other questions Sammy <laughs> um I don't uh I forgot my question I had a good <laughs> well the I good thing it. is we can endlessly great. FaceTime for I think at least another month probably a lot longer than that but we we have lots of FaceTiming hours to to ask yeah. Gabby all of our yeah. eager and exciting thoughts, um, <laughs> questions. Um, to, <laughs> I, I'm happy to, to close this out. Are we ready? Yeah. But Gabby, thank you. Thank you so much for joining our podcast tonight. Oh. I'm so happy that you came on tonight. And I think our listeners definitely had a treat tonight by listening to you speak and your vocal thoughts. So thank I, you so much. Thank yeah. you. I second Pat. This was so fun. So this was really awesome. Thank you right. so much, uh, Gabby. Thank we you. Really enjoyed having you, and um, I a quirky and exciting time here. Everyone, please tune in for the next episode of the Herbal Honesty next week. Honesty. Woohoo! Bye. Woo.